I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Jeremy to come up and share what was going to be the last sermon in this movie series. That's right. Tell him the good news. The good news is we're going to have an encore performance next <laughs> Sunday. And the movie, wait, hold the pause. <laughs> clapping there. I don't know what the movie is. The movie is Elvis. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Pastor Mark will be doing that one, his Elvis impression. Oh, I already got my jumpsuit. Oh. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. This has been a, a really good series. Thank you for joining us. Remember that the meaning in this entire series is really to get us to engage with items in uh, current culture and to be able to take those things and then be able to have them translate into our normal lives, hopefully with the availability to be able to share maybe a small piece of who our Lord is. Remember, Jesus did that all the time. Jesus didn't always just point directly to God to start off his conversations with people. Many times he used the things that were around him, maybe a coin, maybe a fish, maybe some grain, to be able to share then a piece of who our Lord is. And every one of the movies that we have had up to this point has done just that. Maybe it was uh, the Jurassic Park uh, World Dominion, in which we looked at God being uh, our creator as a small piece of that. Maybe it was Coda that Pastor Mark shared with us. Remember, someone who was uh, deaf and people who are non-deaf and somebody who is the mediator in between to be able to help translate and how God is our mediator. Or, as in our movie today. In fact, I bet with our movie today, as soon as you see the symbol, uh, I assume... Maybe 100% of us in here will exactly know what movie we're looking at. Everybody know? Yeah, you recognize the symbol. What is it? Batman. Yeah, yeah, it's really simple. Yeah, Batman is the symbol that we have for today, and that's the movie that we're going to look at. In fact, we're going to kind of examine that entire franchise. Uh, Batman was a character that came on scene in 1939 in DC Comics and was an individual that was created as this superhero who really is also just this normal man. Bruce Wayne, an individual who is uh, super wealthy, an individual who is a philanthropist, but an individual who at night is always fighting on behalf of the people at his own expense, to be able to do anything that he can to be able to protect the city of Gotham and to be able to fight all of their evil foes. Does this sound like anybody we know? Bruce Wayne could have stayed up in his penthouse and just lived a great life there. He never had to come down and hang out with all the people in the city of Gotham. He could have jet-setted anywhere he wanted to at any time with all the resources that he has, but instead he uses the resources that he has to be able to serve other people around him. I hope you make the connection in our movie for today of the person that we have in Christ. Jesus tells us his mission in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 38, in which he says clearly, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Think about that, of who Jesus is, of all the resources that he has. He could have stayed in the penthouse of heaven, but instead he decides to come down here to earth to be able to live 
with us, to be able to live like us, to be able to face all the exact same things that we go up against. And so today, we make that comparison to the hero of Batman compared to the hero that we have in Christ. And what an amazing story it truly is. A knowledge that all of us have today. We know who our Savior is, that God is truly present in the person of Jesus. But you know, early on in Scripture, this isn't something that is widely known. Uh, It's only known to a certain group of individuals. In the beginning, uh, Jesus even tells his disciples not to share exactly who he is. Maybe remember, they're on a walk together, and he asks his disciples, you know, who do people say that I am? And they say, some say you are a prophet, some say you are Elijah. And then he asks them, he says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? This is when Peter answered, you are the Messiah. But Jesus warns them not to tell anyone about him. Isn't this weird? Remember the big purpose of the disciples, that they are supposed to be able to go out and to baptize and to be able to tell others who Jesus is. But early on in Jesus' ministry, he actually tells them the opposite. He says, do not tell them my real identity. Keep this hidden. Keep this secret. Why would he do that? Maybe some of you saw this weekend also that we had a huge lottery. Maybe some of you played in this. Uh, How did we do? Anybody do any good? Oh, that's not good news. Yeah, maybe this uh, lottery came around. uh, It was all over the the news, so many different stories. I think it finally got up to like 1.34 billion was the ultimate. Somebody in Illinois won it. Uh, But you know what? A lot of states during the times of lottery, especially large lottery like this, Uh, have a certain type of protection in place in which they do not allow the public to know who the winner is. They don't share their true identity with them. Well, why do they do that? It's pretty obvious. Number one, uh, if you were that individual that won the lottery, think about the people that all of a sudden come out of the woodwork. If you won the lottery, tomorrow you would have 20 uncles you never knew existed that would all be there. You would have people that sit behind you in geometry in sixth grade, three, three rows back. Remember me? Remember me? I got a great idea for you to invest in. Uh, they want to keep their identity hidden, right? That's not, the, that's not the purpose. And it's the same thing in our, our movie for today of why Batman wants to keep his identity hidden is Bruce Wayne. And it's actually the same thing for, for Jesus in our text as he mentions this today. It's not his time. Jesus doesn't want people coming after him just wanting to be able to take things from him, to be able to use him as a wish maker or a genie. He also doesn't want people coming after him at this point to be able to hurt him or to be able to to kill him. He's just starting his ministry, and he needs to fulfill so many things before he gets to that. You know, today in our message, it's easy to make the connection, I think, and I like that, between Bruce Wayne and between Jesus and between Batman and between our Lord. But it's important to know not only the heroine in our story for today, but also to know the foes that we come up against. It's great news for us to know the gospel and to know Jesus as our Savior, 
but do we always remember the things in this world that we come up against? Let's look at those in our Batman franchise today of the different characters or villains that Batman faces. Let's see how well you do uh, with some of these symbols. You did great with the Batman symbol. Let's see if you know this one. What evil villain has this as his symbol? Who knows? Yeah, there we go. Great. Riddler. This was actually uh, one of the main characters that was highlighted in uh, the last Batman movie that came out, The Batman. Uh, The Riddler, someone who uses puzzles, someone who uses riddles to be able to trick and to be able to torment their victim. Also uses a lot of questions. That's his symbol, in fact, that question mark, to be able to get people to doubt to be able to get people to to question in a negative way. Does this villain sound like any villain that we have in Scripture? Maybe this will highlight your memory. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Question mark. Satan loves to use this riddle tactic, this questioning, to be able to get you and me to question God. On the days you're hurting, on the days your relationship with your spouse or kids is not faring well, on the days uh, economically you're not doing good in your life, that he comes after you and he says, did God really want you to have this life? Is this really God's will for you? Is God really listening to you? How are your prayers doing? Are they, are they being answered by God in the way that you want? And he wants us to doubt and face these riddles. You know, Paul, in our letter for today that Nick read for us, shares a lot of uh, answers to these, of ways that we should look at these as Christians. And today, for whenever we face those riddles, Paul gives us these words. He says, you know what, when you face those questions... Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. It is so easy to look around in our world and have questions that lead us to to doubt because of negative things that we see or problems that we face. Now, don't hear me wrong. Our God loves questions. He does. Our God wants you to be able to bring things to him, to be able to learn about him, to be able to question and receive knowledge. But what we are not supposed to do is to question what God has given to us in his word or has given to us in his son. And so how are we living? Are we focused on things in this world or are we focused on things that are above our heavenly home that we have pointed in the direction? All right, number two, Next villain, a little bit tougher. What symbol is this? Anybody know this villain? There you go, Two-Face. Very good, thank you, Eric. Two-Face, yeah. This is an individual, uh, if you do not know the Batman franchise, that is actually the district attorney, the head district attorney for Gotham City. He's actually a fantastic guy, and he is working with Batman to be able to put all of the bad villains in prison. He's trying to be able to to take care of them. But at one point within this story, a horrible accident occurs. He's deformed, and his attitude and his mind are corrupt. And instead of being able to help 
Batman to be able to help Bruce Wayne, he becomes an enemy with him. He turns his, his back on him, and he starts to fight against him. Does this remind you of anybody in Scripture? I'm going to help you out. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. We go over this element of Scripture, and uh, I think sometimes we miss the, the pain that must have been there for Jesus when one of his closest friends, uh, one of his inside group, one of his 12 disciples flips on him totally decides to go against him, to be able to set up a plan to have him arrested, to be able to have him beaten and eventually put to death. And why does he do that? He's focused on those pieces of silver, right? 30 pieces of silver that he uses to be able to betray somebody that's so close to him. Again, he's focused on the, the things of this earth, not things that are in heaven. And so Paul, in his letter to our church today, says something very similar. He says, be careful of this behavior in our world. In the book of Colossians, he writes, put it to death. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetedness, which is idolatry. And he could have made the list even longer and longer. All of these different things that we go after, we see those elements just like Judas did of those shiny pieces of silver and we think you know what I'm going to go after this instead of going after my Lord and it seems superficial and it it is it seems like it would be something easily to be overcome but it's not it's difficult for us not to be two-faced in our life as a Christian to be able to serve here on Sunday and worship our Lord, but then to be able to step out in the world and make sure that we are still keeping that persona and that life with us and not succumbing to all of these different things. All of us have been there. All of us face those things every day. But Paul says, put them to death. Think about what happens when something is put to death. It goes in the ground. You can't see it. It has no life. And Paul says, do the same thing with all those temptations you face. Don't be two-faced with the Lord. All right, third and final villain that we have for today. Super easy one. Yeah. So this guy was only supposed to appear in one uh, comic, but he was so popular that they kept him alive, and he's still alive today, to be able to be this true evil foe of Batman. Somebody who is uh, sadistic in their, their humor uh, someone who receives enjoyment and pleasure out of tormenting and breaking down others. And this is something that we see happen to Christ over and over again in Scripture. People being able to break him down for their own self-pleasure. Uh, maybe this will spark our memory again. It says they made a crown out of thorn branches and placed it on his head and they put a stick in his right hand, and the soldiers knelt down, and they pretended to worship him. They made fun of him and shouted, Hey, you, king of the Jews. That must have been, again, just such a, a hurtful time for our Lord. Beside the physical pain that's there, just the, the mockery that existed. And it wasn't only the soldiers that do this, it's uh, the high priests it's the people that are there that day. 
You remember all the words. If you were really the Lord, why don't you come down from that cross as they mock him over and over and over again, as they joke with him, all for their own pleasure, all to be able to make themselves feel good. Because that's what hurt people do. People who are sinful, they end up hurting other people. And again, Paul in the letter to the church today says, be very careful of this, of the way that we interact not only in this world for ourselves, but also, as God tells us, with our neighbor. And so Paul says, but now you must put them all away, all these things that we do toward others, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk, get them out of your mouth. These are all things that we do toward others to make ourselves feel better in the moment. When we're frustrated and we lash out in anger toward others, when we say something and gossip or slander about people who are around us to make ourselves look better, when we use obscene talk to be able to break somebody down because they look different or act different or feel different than, than us, all different things that the Lord says, don't do any of those. You shouldn't be breaking down people in the world and joking at their expense so you feel better. You're supposed to be able to build them up and strengthen them up. These are just a few of the evil foes that we face in this world. But once we recognize that and we know who we're up against and we know what Satan's or sin's or death's tactics are in our life, we have an opportunity to be able to be on our Lord's team, to be able to suit up and be part of this ensemble with him. And that's how Paul closes out this letter for us today. He says, for all of us, put off the old self and the practices, all those things of not thinking about heaven and only thinking about earth, about saying things about other people and not building our neighbor up. And he says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of your creator. Suit up, Paul says. You want to be Catwoman? You want to be Boy Wonder? Who do you want to be on our Lord's team for today, because he does give us this privilege, and he does give us this opportunity to know the villains in our world and to be able to go out and share with others who our Lord is and what this hero has truly done for us. I know I've been talking for like 18 minutes now, and we haven't seen a video clip. I promise I got one for you. So today during our video clip, I want you to think through a couple different things. Number one, you yourself, do what Pastor Mark and I are doing. This is not difficult to be able to do. Don't believe what he tells you. It is not difficult. Think of this video clip today and say, what is a way that I can see Christ as a piece of imagery in this video clip? What is a way if, if I was watching this movie or another movie that I could have a conversation with a friend or a family member about something that does make a comparison to God. Do that with me today as we watch this video clip. He's not the hero that we deserve, but he's the hero that we needed. He's the one that had to be tracked down. He's the one that had to be hunted, the one that had to be condemned. But he didn't do anything wrong. No, he didn't. But he can take it. All the questions that go toward God, 
I promise he can take it. All of the two-facedness and turning their back toward God, I promise he can take it. All of the different elements of jokes or fun that's made fun of our, our Lord or our Savior, I promise that, that he can take it. You know who he is. I don't need to tell you his name. You see it all the time by his symbol. One who left that penthouse of heaven to be able to come here for all of us, to be able to share his wealth and his riches. The one who we are told in scripture exactly who is our, our savior. We hear these words in describing him in the book of First John. He says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. That's who comes to me and to you today, the advocate, the righteous one, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, the Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity again to gather and hear your word today. Uh, Lord, we pray that through this uh, creative series that you will spark new ideas in our minds to be able to share with others who you are and what you have come to do in our lives. And Lord, please continue just to be able to strengthen our faith, uh, to be able to give us knowledge of uh, just who you are, Lord. Again, to be able to express this not only in our own lives, but also for our neighbor. We give you praise and we give you glory for everything that you have provided as our hero and as our savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.